Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection. I will be your hardcore gamer host, Andrew, with me, the one who can never figure it out, Keith. Hello. And of course, our wonderful Liz the Noob. Hey, guys. Yeah, I couldn't think of an intro this week, so. Good job. You're going to have to get over <laughs> it. <laughs> this one was kind of hard to kind of figure out. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. There's much to <laughs> it. For that, at least. Not every episode can be a winner. And this probably won't be one of them. <laughs> but uh, especially two, because this was Keith's pick. Keith, what did you pick? I picked Indivisible. Can you describe what this game is? Uh, It's a platformer RPG would be, I think, the simplistic way to describe it, right? But um, Yeah. Slight, yeah, the fighting style is definitely unique. So Yeah, it is. It's a, Yeah, it's a 2D platformer that's kind of a turn-based game but it's also like live action and it's also a uh, metroidvania style type of platformer so you have a good amount of kind of backtrack in this game but uh, this game is brought to you by lab zero games who the other game they had made was skull girls which was a small i think it was on 360 but it was a uh, 2d fighter game so it's kind of a this is kind of a different pace for them but uh, essentially the story for this game is you are this 16 year old girl i'm assuming you are 16 but uh you're in a village and you're training with your father and just like just about any rpg like this there's an evil bad guy trying to destroy the world or whatever and ends up killing your father so you are on an adventure to basically save the world i mean that's 90 percent of how our rpgs go but i guess the unique thing about this is the girl's head essentially works like a pokeball and you were essentially going around and collecting your companions in your head so, I don't know, maybe you're kind of like a Pokemon master. So, my theory is that this game takes place in the Pokemon universe. So, there you go, Keith. I already gave you your uh, theory for this game. Sure. <laughs> I I mean, I didn't even really put it the, the connection together. That's kind of how it worked. I did just think it was kind of a unique way. And in some ways, I just felt like they did it as like a weird fourth wall thing of like, eh, this is just how we'll have the concept of showing one person, but having all of them there at the same time. Ah, see, it was the first thing I picked up, because in the opening trailer, she has, like, a third eye or something, but it kind of opened up like a Pokeball, and how, like, the people come out as, like, a color and then form into a person. I was like, oh, this kind of looks like Pokemon. But, uh, Keith, since this was your pick, was this a game or a pass for you? I think it was game. There's a lot of things that were kind of eh about it, so it's not something I think I loved a lot, but it's so unique that I think it's worth playing. Yeah, for me, this is this is just a game. I wasn't too crazy about it either, but there there's moments of it I liked and moments that I didn't like. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you guys. It's a tentative game. I had a lot of highs and lows with it, so it's it's a game. I like yeah, we're all like lukewarm game. <laughs> yeah, I had played this game around when it actually came out. I think two or three months ago on Game Pass, and I played maybe an hour or two of it and i just thought it was really fun and i don't know it was i thought it might go away from game pass because it's been on there for a while so i wanted to get it in before it was off game pass and i'm glad i did because i really think like i said it's a very unique play style but it's just not great overall and i don't know i don't even know how it could have been great that's my other thing well i think the big saving grace of this game isn't so much the story the story like i said is it's generally pretty generic I think the things that I really enjoyed about this was the voice acting and the characters. I really liked the dialogue. I thought the characters were really interesting, especially uh, Razmi, one of your first companions you get. I mean, right at the beginning, too, 
I think it's a unique twist how the person who kills your father is the first person who joins your party. So the entire time you're playing this game, you are one of your companions is your father's murderer. And it's like, that's, I found to be a really interesting kind of mechanic. And I like that everybody just hates him. Yeah, everyone just insults him. See, I will say, okay. I agree with you about the characters, but I thought the voice acting was very hit and miss. Some of it I thought was great, and some of it was a little monotone for me, I think. And Razmi, I liked that when she was hit, she would say, annoying. But she said it over and over and over again. <laughs> and every time, I guess maybe I shouldn't have let her get hit so often. <laughs> and that's my bad. It's not like you could do anything. But for well, me, so I that's, just think it was repetitive. No, that's, so that's where I, I wholly agree. The voice acting, when it came to the story aspect, when they're having dialogue and all of that, is is great and i think it's one of those types of games where it has a split sometimes there's actually voice acting sometimes there's just di- like uh text on the screen but i loved all of that but the actual in fight dialogue and sound effects there that's where i was so annoyed and i think that's what you're talking about right kind of i mean when i was talking monotone i forget which character it was it might have been dar it was at towards the beginning but he was talking to Anja, the main character, and it was all monotone. And I I didn't understand why they picked that. But I thought that overall the voice acting was, was pretty good. I mean, when I'm saying, like, she was saying annoying to the enemy, that actually I thought was, like, good voice acting. Like, she sounded like her character. But I think it was specifically at the beginning, there was one character that was very monotone. And well, that's like, Razmi. Razmi's always monotone. But No, no, it was a guy. And oh. he was talking to Anja. That's why I think it was, it was um, Dar. And they were talking at the beginning, and obviously her father had just died, and he's talking monotone, and I just didn't understand why they would choose to go in that direction with it. Yeah, he conveyed no emotion after just murdering an entire village. Yeah, and he's kind of a big character, so I was like, eh. See, I I at least liked the writing of it. I thought a lot of the banter that was going on, it really kind of had me chuckling, especially with Razmi. Razmi, It was cute. Yeah, yeah, because I like when you collect, whenever you get a new item or thing, it kind of gives you a little text, and hers is just like the curmudgeon shaman. So she's just really, like, doesn't care. She just goes with the flow. Also, the ginseng and honey, the name. I mean, that's, I mean, I like that iced tea. Oh, yeah, that's the best Arizona iced tea. Yeah, I was like, is is that that where the name comes from? Yeah, I mean, eventually you meet his parents, uh, coriander and turmeric, so. (laughs) I love it. They just kept going with the plant theme with them. Uh, But, I mean, his character I didn't care for. He didn't have much dialogue, and. It was just a kid, so he's kind of whiny. I also didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. I just thought it was a kid, and I couldn't really tell. Yeah, that's a good point. I couldn't tell either, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> it just was it's... like, ah, oh, it's a little kid, and it could be either. I don't really know. But that also goes with my theory. Uh, honey is like this weird little like Pokemon-looking plant that's in his helmet. So that's why I think this game takes place in the Pokemon universe. Um, Character-wise, I thought it was really funny. I was playing, and Andrew saw a character he hadn't gotten. He's like, oh, wow, you're ahead of me. And I was like, and I said, there's no way I'm ahead of you. And it turns out that before the, oh, what's it called? Flying Fortress. The Flying Fortress explodes. Spoiler alert, it's at the beginning, though. I rescued a prisoner, and Andrew forgot about him. And (laughs) at first, we thought that it was a missable character. But then he ends up finding him later in the game. Yeah. A good couple hours farther in the game. Did he sass you for leaving him to die? No. If anything, he would kind of he praise me for taking the fortress out. <laughs> but, it, well, I, the reason I missed him is, yeah, there's kind of a, a screen showing him going, hey, there's another person here. 
But I actually saved my game and left, and I ended up forgetting that they kind of reminded me that there was a prisoner there, so I just kept going forward. Might be excuse. But this game doesn't really have good direction. Oh, no. There is just a lot of exploring. Like we said, this game is a bit uh, Metroidvania style. So you're supposed to get these new abilities and go back and explore past areas. But there, besides that, there's not much direction. I do like that it was pretty easy to access your map. You just look up and the map opens up for you and you can kind of see the general area. But for the most part, you're kind of wandering around a good amount. And it gets pretty difficult a little bit farther in the game as well. Is there a way to fast travel back to previous spots? I think you get it eventually, but I haven't gotten it yet. I think I'm like 10 hours into this game and I still haven't gotten it. I feel like I got to be close to that. I know we're I know we're pretty close to each other, but that was the the one thing is I knew there was things that I was like, "Okay, I can't get this right now." But it felt like it was taking a really long time to get into the point where you could do that. Like this game has a very slow burn to it. And that's, I think, what the storyline bothered me about, or bothered me about the story in proper English. I agree. I really feel like Indivisible really took its time to kind of roll, like get its momentum. Which I don't understand why they chose that, but then didn't do a tutorial. Oh, Because for me, I, I mean, there's technique with the fighting, and I didn't understand what was going on. Andrew watched me just like struggling, and... There is a way that you should be doing combat, and you're not taught it. It's like the bar up top where you get to use your special abilities, and like I just and same with like traversal and stuff. They throw a lot of things at you at at once, and then you're also trying to remember like the characters and like their special abilities, and you don't even know how to do the combat. Yeah, so a lot of these games, I try not to help Liz too much because I obviously want to get her perspective as a noob and try to see if it's easy to understand the game and. Yeah, with this one, this game right away throws you into, like, an epic boss fight. Doesn't tell you anything. The game doesn't pause. Like, everyone's kind of moving, like, in you can you can attack anytime your abilities are available. But they don't explain, like, how your abilities work, Blocking how to attack people. Blocking at it. Yeah, so you're just kind of just stumbling through. I even try to see if there's a menu somewhere that would give you tips or anything like that. There's some that kind of tell you how to do some abilities, but there's a lot of information they just do not tell you. You just have to figure out. And I thought that was a really poor choice. And they also have, I want to say, like, fairly bad save points because when you're learning at the beginning, like, I was dying a lot, and so it really frustrated me when I would have to go all the way back if I failed... um, if I failed beating somebody because there wasn't a save point in between, especially when you're learning the traversal and stuff. And even during boss fights, I mean, there's a lot of traversal with some of them and you're doing combat against them multiple times. And if you fail and you have to start all over again, it kind of sucks. It really does. But it, in the same sense, it's weird because it is one of the things that I really loved when I was playing it because I thought it was... I liked the aspect of you fight the boss, they move a little bit, you go, you fight them again. That part I know isn't totally unique, but I did like that there was some aspects of it where you actually had to fight the boss like it was just a 2D platformer, but then it would jump back into the sort of turn-based but not turn-based combat that they had. So I thought it was really cool, but I agree. It, I, at least one of them, I think Ravonavar there, I, I got about two or three stages into him and died and realized I had to start it all over again and I was none too pleased. So I agree. Which, real quick, you brought up his name. 
I hated yes. the like big boss guy's name, Ravonovar. I thought that was like such a mouthful of a name. And it always kind of made me chuckle anytime somebody said his name. I was just like, that's just kind of a goofy name. It, it sounds like that. <laughs> it sounds like somebody was writing a name out and then they're like, uh, N N A R. I don't know. Just let's just go with this. Watch it be a real name, and you're just insulting somebody. <laughs> Our listener Ravonovar out there is very upset. I apologize. It's very possible. <laughs> but what did you guys think of the combat overall? I liked it. That was why I chose it. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I. It got a little repetitive, though. I, I thought will it got say. very repetitive. This game kind of reminded me of like the Dynasty Warriors of RPGs, where it's just bashing buttons. Once and... you get the hang of it, it's easy. Like at first, I really struggled, and then when I figured out blocking and like all this, it just came second nature. Yeah, it for me like the fact that they just don't explain much is also what irritated me a little bit. So the way combat works. You have four party members. Each one's assigned to one of the buttons of the controller, X, Y, B, or A. And there's a certain number of charges that they can have. And essentially, you can do a combo. And you either hit A to whoever's assigned to A will attack. But you can also press up an A or down an A to do a different ability. What those abilities are, they don't fully explain them. Some of them they do. They're like, hey, you got this new character. His down ability, his down and attack ability will slow enemies. It's like, okay, cool, but what's his up attack and what's his regular attack? Does it do anything significant? You just, you got to figure stuff out. And that's what's just what really frustrated me. If you go to the characters and you click on the character, doesn't it tell you or no? Not all the time. Because, I mean, where you go to switch characters, I mean, that page. No, yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't tell you all the time. And not only that, everyone has like an ultimate ability. And then eventually you unlock multiple stages of the ultimate ability. So like Razmi, her level one ultimate, she heals the group. But her level two ultimate... She shoots out a flame wave, and then her level three, she summons a pillar. But, like, some of these things would be kind of nice to know before a fight. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, cool, I'm fighting a huge group of people, but, oh, I, I didn't. I just found out this guy's ultimate's only good for fighting one person. So the lack of information was really kind of annoying me with I the game. I bad at using the ultimates because a lot of the times I would always heal, and I'm like, but I hit Y, which was, you know, for me it was Dar. And it just healed. And I was like, wait, how did that happen? I think I did it wrong. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, that doesn't have any healing. I know, but I would always hold left bumper and right bumper to Oh, to, to, to revive people. And then, oh, is that just revive? It's to revive people and to heal the group. How do you use your ultimate? <laughs> you hold right bumper and then you select the person. Oh, I would always I've told you that so many times. And you no! kept forgetting. <laughs> I, was, I, didn't, I knew I was doing something wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that that changes a lot of the combat. <laughs> you don't have the ultimates. It yeah, it got to the point where it just felt really tedious, and I would just sit there and mostly play survival for a lot of ways. Is just get your charge up, heal, get your charge up, heal, and then just slowly chew at the boss throughout yeah, it. The fights were kind of like so, a seesaw of like how yeah, the fights going, and it just the fights were kind of. Especially the boss fights, which just tend to take too long. And what they threw at you really wasn't that hard. So, like, sometimes they would throw, like, little, like, balls of fire. And you just easily, like, jump over, duck under. Like, I didn't think Oh, when you're doing the platforming, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that they really threw, like, the bosses threw anything too difficult at you. Oh, well, that's a... where I was. (laughs) That's a great point. So, this game has a lot of platforming. And, Andrew, you said it earlier. We were playing a little bit... Well, at the same time, but we were in a party, and the platforming in this game is nothing 
after playing Ori, and that game in Ori is just ruined platforming for me, I think. <laughs> Which, you guys got a lot of abilities that I haven't gotten yet. Like, I saw you, like, creating, like, flowers that you can jump on, and there was, like, this rubbery stuff. And you had, like, a po- like a, not a pogo stick. Harpoon. Uh, harpoon, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, you, you get some, like, new tools and stuff, but as far as the platforming goes, it's very basic. I, I didn't think the controls were, like, that tight. There's sometimes where it's, like, I don't know how I didn't have enough momentum to jump that gap. And yeah, as he said, I, after playing Ori, like Ori just doing the platforming felt like a dance. Like I felt like I was skillful, flying through the air, doing these cool acrobatics from these new abilities that I've gained. In this one, it just felt like, it felt like I was getting a key and now I have access to this area, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was skillful at it. See, Ori's ruining all the platforming now. I know. Way <laughs> to go, Ori. Way to create such a good game. We hate you. <laughs> Yeah, so I was, I was a little disappointed in the uh, the platforming. The the combat, the combat for me though, it's like there was moments of it. I was having fun with it, but yeah, as we're like saying, some of the fights would go too long, and it's just up. I'm losing some of my party members. Up, revive everyone, full health. Keep going with this fight. Up, losing health again. Up, everyone's back up. So it was just it was back and forth. The one thing I will give about that though is. This game didn't have a difficulty setting, so I do think it's nice that they gave it just kind of a flat play line, where it was never, or like, no, not too much of a difficulty spike, I guess. And despite the fact that it was hard to figure out what was going on, you, at the very least, kind of had a very consistent beatable. It wasn't too easy, but it wasn't too hard. See, I slightly disagree with that. Mostly on, I'm sure Liz is going to agree with this too. Because I know you had this issue. Since this game is a 2D platformer, it's hard, if not, I don't even think it's possible, to go back to previous areas. Like, if you're at a boss fight and you're failing, you can't be like, cool, I'm going to go back and farm and let my characters get stronger and then go back to this boss. No, you're essentially at a brick wall. You're just, you're out of luck. If you can't beat That's this boss, point. it's like, you're you're done. You're done with this game. Like, you but can't figure out. I do like that you can switch your characters, though. Yeah. And that's really helpful because you told me to use a certain character, and she just did not work for me. And I understand, like, why she worked for you, but I just wasn't good at using her. And so I went back, and I did a lot better. So I kind of had my four main that I really liked. I didn't switch them too much. Which four did you use? I'm um, curious well, now. I want to reiterate that I did not get as far as you guys, but... Anja, I can't pronounce their names. Zibi, uh, Dar, Razmi. Although I did see you playing um, Tungar, Tungar, whatever his name is. Yeah. And I only played with him a little bit, but seeing you play his character, I was like, I need to go back to him. He looks <laughs> awesome. I just, I don't think that I dabbled enough in the characters. I like, I kind of flailed a little bit with them, and then I was like, no, I'm going back, and I shouldn't have. I should have stuck with some of the newer characters for longer to see if I liked them more. See, maybe that's why I got bored, too, because I was just... I had Dar, I had Ajna, who I... I don't even know if you could swap her out, the main character. Yeah, I never but tried. I don't I, I always... I, I kind of just assumed I couldn't, so I never tried. Because it's not like I she can her. go into her own head. Yeah, exactly. So I used her, Dar, uh, Zebi, Zebe, whatever. I don't know, the archer guy. And... I was using Rashmi for a while, which so I think basically the same thing as you, Liz. The only difference is I did switch to what Tarani, I think her name is, is whenever I got her. I didn't get uh, her yet. But yeah, I, 
I don't know. I just didn't bother. I, I, I wasn't having an issue with everything. So I use just about everyone, but you brought her up. And I want to mention Tarani. <laughs> so this game yeah, is generally pretty colorful, friendly, family friendly. Then you get Tarani. And for whatever reason, I feel like this game takes like a pretty big sexual turn with her. <laughs> like everyone's character is pretty generic, pretty clothed. And then you get her and she has just the biggest boobs. She makes the most inappropriate faces. Uh, it was just like, this game kind of takes a turn. But I actually loved her character, though. I actually liked her fighting style because I thought she was a good attacker and a good support because she would litter the field with water. And then if your teammates would go on the puddles, it would heal them. But if the enemies went in the puddles, puddles, it damaged them. So her character actually, I thought, had good mechanics to her. So I just, I actually rotated just about everyone. The only one I didn't care to play with was Ginseng and Honey. Because he was meant to be more of a support role that could heal, but I thought his healing was so weak. Did you use Cushy or whatever? Oh was? no, I used her like once or twice. She's a giant bird, and I was like, "Oh, cool, she looks cool." Because she I has different bite it. styles, but yeah, I didn't care for her either. I, I thought she didn't do enough damage. Yeah, I never tried her at all. I never tried Tungar at all. I think I, I basically only had Ginseng and Honey, and I got rid of them as quickly as I could. Just makes so. me thirsty hearing her name over or his name over and over again. I just want to have a sweet Arizona ginseng honey. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Arizona. How oh, I wish. <laughs> oh, thank you. I don't even want money. Arizona. I just want stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I just want. I just want some iced tea. I need to look into that. That'd be a fantastic sponsorship. After school, like always going down like the fifty cent cans. Uh, I don't know how much they are now. I'm talking about youth. No, ninety cents. Yeah, they're always super cheap. They print it on the cans. So they can't upcharge you. Anyway, getting back to the game. I know we talked about it a bit, but I do agree with you guys. I think the sound effects in this game were pretty awful. I mean, I feel like that's the case with almost a lot of RPGs because you are fighting a lot of the same enemies. It is a lot of the same sounds you're hearing, a lot of the same bashing sounds, and then the enemies you're fighting normally have, like, annoying cries. I didn't think anyone had anything, like, ear-piercing annoying. Like, not like My Time in Portia, those things that gobbled and oh, yeah. <laughs> and screeched when you killed them. Oh, God. yeah. That was awful. That, that to Nightmare. me, is like the epitome of the worst sound in the game. So, this game doesn't get anything like that, but... I think everything fit. Like, it, it didn't exceed my expectations. It was what I expected. I enjoyed the music. I thought the music was pretty tranquil, and I thought it worked well with this, the environments of the game. Yeah, the music itself was actually, I thought, pretty good. And somewhat repetitive at points if you got into an area where you're getting in a whole bunch of fights and you just heard the same fight music over and over and over again. But it wasn't bad. I didn't mind the music. It was really just the sound effects. And I think they could have just added a couple more voice lines to the characters is all. It was just too many of the same voice line over and over. That's why I think it bothered me. Yeah. Well, speaking of the voice lines, this actually reminds me of another point I wanted to bring up. Did you guys at all talk to any of, like, your non-party members in the world? Or even did you ever talk to your party members? Like, go inside your head and talk to them? No. Yeah, they typically said a lot of the same things I would find. I think it would change a little bit as you progressed, if I remember. But, yeah, I did that. See, I did a little bit, and I hated it. And so I stopped doing it. You told me not to bother talking to the dot, dot, dot people. Yeah, the non, like... The non-important people, I guess you should call you could call them, that littered the world. They would have a little text box above their head, basically showing that you could go up to them and talk to them. But they all said the most random, pointless, dumb things, and it's just like I have no interest in talking to you people. 
And they all just look like cardboard cutouts. You kind of enter the city and it's like, oh, the Grand Port. And it's a nice looking area. But you just have these people that just stand on the edge that just look like cardboard cutouts. And they always have this really goofy pose that just stand there in an awkward position. And you go up to them and talk to them and they're like, I love the superstar, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, what what, what does that but, have to do with anything? But isn't that most RPGs? Same idea. Like You just get a lot of pointless dialogue. Yes and no. But the fact that everyone is just standing around, this world to me felt so incredibly lifeless. Like I felt like they're trying to insert things of like, hey, there's games and stuff that go on that people are fans of but i just felt like all the dialogue was just so out of context and stupid it just didn't it just didn't matter to me because like case in point if you play another kind of rpg like that we played uh outer worlds talking to random people there they would at least kind of tell you some things a lot of it was pointless and dumb but it built to the world and the fact that just everyone in this game just stands around like a cardboard cutout you just walk right by them and it was to me it was just annoying you're not getting any quests from them. There was one person I did get a quest from, actually. Uh, and it's to kind of hunt down these side bosses. But besides that, it just... I don't know. It just kind of irritated me. I, I didn't feel like this world actually had any life in it. Yes, I can see that. I don't know. I I don't remember much of it. So, yeah, I probably overlooked it, I would say. But at the very least, I, the inner realm, the characters that were on your team, I thought they were interesting when you talked to them. A little bit. I felt like some of that dialogue was pretty flat, too. Because it was only, like, two or three text bosses worth of dialogue. Generally, like, hey, thanks for letting me join you. I appreciate you helping me. And that was the conversation. And, like, another person is just like, oh, I want to kill this person. That was that that conversation. I, I didn't feel like there was real growth with the characters when you're just going on your own to talk to them. Yeah, I, didn't, I just didn't feel the need. So I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I if could I'm care less. Being brutally honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Because I was hoping for, like, dialogue. Because whenever you play an RPG and you go to, like, your hub world or your spaceship or whatever, you know, we could talk to these side characters and learn about their backstories and stuff like this. I just didn't feel like this game encouraged you to explore and try to learn more. That's just my complaint with it. One thing everybody praised about, though, was the graphics. Online, everyone loved it. I, I overall enjoyed the graphics. I thought it was such a weird mishmash of styles but a little it, bit. it worked and yeah i thought they did a really good job with the characters i i thought the kind of the background was meh sometimes but i think it just made the character stand out even more so i think it was intentional but i mean i'm not talking like when you're going through like vents and things that always looked really cool but when you're just like running by and you just see like the the muted green backgrounds and then I also thought that the beginning, the load screen, which aren't really load screens, just at the very beginning, but it made me so dizzy. <laughs> oh. oh, but I liked it. You're chasing your little pet friend there, though. I liked it, but I was, I couldn't look at it for very long. Which, that also brings me up another thing I always questioned. You have, yeah, this weird looking pet that kind of looks like an armadillo. What happened to him? You literally see him for one second at the beginning, the very beginning of the game. And then he's never seen again. I'm assuming he dies when your village gets burned down. You should probably eat him. But I think it's weird that, like, <laughs> wow, that's really dark. I mean, you, you assume it's a pet. Yeah. Maybe she's hunting dinner. But she has a name for it, and then you never see him. He's not part of your party. People name their cows. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you see him in the load screen. Why can't he be in the game? I want to pet him. Yeah. I agree. I wanted to, I wanted to pet the Dillo-type <laughs> creature thing. I don't know. Pet the Dillo? 
I don't like that face. <laughs> I think that's how you say it, right? I mean, it's a dillo. Armadillo. Yeah. You just cut off the arm. I don't know. You just cut I think the that's arm how you say off. It. Anyway. <laughs> it's just a dillo. <laughs> but no, but yeah, going back to your point, Liz, I actually did like the art style. The characters kind of looked like anime characters, but the world itself was like realistic looking. Yeah, I do agree when you're exploring like the nature aspects of like walking out into caves, forests. It's okay looking. I, I generally thought it looked nice when you're in a city. They did a good yes. job decorating the cities. I just felt like the cities had no life. See, it was around the time that you meet, I forget their names. There's two people and they tell you to collect the red tokens. Around that area, the greenery was kind of flat. That's what I specifically remember. But yeah, the, the cities when you're in the vents and everything. But I, I had a question. Like Another thing that kind of perplexed me, the way the cities are designed, as you're getting these new abilities of like a harpoon and jumping on your harpoon and your axe to climb ledges, how does anyone else in the town travel this town? Because all they the, don't. Cause they like, just hang out. Yeah, they're just stuck on the one floor that they're on. Because you don't see anyone else jumping around on harpoons and using an axe to climb walls. That's why they're all just standing there not doing anything. They can't. They're like, oh, I can't go that way. I can't go that way. Someone will bring me food. This is my life. I'm <laughs> stuck here on this platform. I'm pretty sure there's doors that you can't go into. They've got, they've got keys to those doors. That's how they that's go. Like shoots and ladders. They'll have like random shoots and random ladders. and You just don't know where they <laughs> that's are. That's what I mean. People can travel in a 3D environment in this world and can traverse a city. Why can't you? Why do you have to do everything the hard way? Because you're the hero. <laughs> it's always harder for the hero, Andrew. You yeah. just have to know that. I'm sorry. I'm asking you know the real important questions in this podcast. I'm sorry if you guys can't handle it. <laughs> it's too deep for me. I can't. It's too much. Nobody came here to this podcast to think. Mm-mm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so another thing I also wanted to mention too, this game does have some uh, paid DLC you can get as well. As far as I see, they only have one called uh, Rasmi's Challenge. And it essentially just sounds like it's these challenge scenarios that you do. She sets them up within your hub world that you can kind of visit. And I guess when you complete them, there is supposedly a reward at the end. But it just kind of looks like it kind of delves a little bit more into some of your characters. And it just kind of is supposed to help you challenge you and give you kind of a harder challenge with some of the boss fights and some of the platforming. Um, I didn't care for this game enough to warrant getting this DLC. So fortunately, I can't really give you a full backstory of it. But if you do really like this game, there is a bit more you can uh, get with it if you want. And if you do, let us know. Because I'd be curious, but I'm in the same boat. I don't think I'd pay the money for it. But then, of course, the uh, next thing we always talk about is the achievements. And overall, if you like this game, I think it's a decent achievement game. Majority of the achievements are story-driven. There's a lot of secret achievements, and you just end up unlocking them as you're progressing through the story. But there's a handful that you can do in the game that actually requires some skill. Whenever an enemy attacks, you have to block, so you have to do 108 perfect blocks. That's an achievement. But one I actually thought was pretty funny. There's an achievement called Funded, and it's to do over 2,168,000 damage. And... I'm assuming it's because this game was a Kickstarter game, and I'm pretty sure that was their funded goal. So they ended up making an achievement out of that, which actually that was pretty clever. Which I didn't really bad with achievements. I'm kind of disappointed in myself. <laughs> I got 90, Keith 330, and Andrew 405 out of 1185. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway through the game. Uh, I saw the average time to beat in this game is about 24 to 26 hours, which is kind of on the shorter side for an RPG. I think my gamer score usually reflects my interest in the game. (laughs) 
I mean, is that kind of true with anybody? Actually, no. There's been some games I really did not care, and well, I thousand them because I just want the game to score. Yeah, because for me, like, I put in a lot of time if I love a game. Like, I was just saying to Andrew, I really want to get a game soon that I really love because I feel like whenever we have games that I'm kind of, like, meh about, I don't give it – I give it enough time, but I don't delve crazy into it, you know? So <sighs> So we're doing Disneyland Adventures for your pick. Yes. No, I'm doing a poll pick, and I'm hoping that the people out there are going to help us out. Yeah, I mean – I'd like a write-in vote for Disneyland Adventures. I'm, I'm not putting that. You can request it. You can put it as I'm a suggestion. I'm writing in. Yes. I might actually vote. Yeah. So any of our listeners out there that uh, think they kind of run the same level as Liz, if there's a game out there on Game Pass that you absolutely love, please tell us. Liz will uh, either try it out or she'll maybe put on our poll. So we greatly appreciate that. But getting into our final thoughts, Keith, what did you think of Indivisible? I really liked it. I wanted to like it so much more than I actually did, though. It would just ultimately ended up being kind of meh, and I was I was kind of sad. I just the, I got bored with it. I got to a fight. Oont, I think was his name. I gave up. It was a pain. <laughs> um, I said nope. So I think I actually want to go with like a sixty-eight. I'm just going low. I, I just I didn't. Love, li- I was really you start disappointed. Your reviews. I always think I know what you're going. You're like, I really like this game. I had a lot of fun. I gave it a 20. And it's like, okay. Then there's other times where you're like, this game sucked. 85. And I'm like, what the heck? You always no, like, this one just you've... disappointed me. I can't give it a good score. You always give me a curveball. I'm always like, man, he's going to give this a high one. And you're like, nope. Whoa. For me, I was enjoying this game at first. I... I did care. The story wasn't really driving me at all. I did love the characters, though. I thought the characters and the dialogue and the banter in this game was a lot of fun. I really, I enjoyed the voice acting. The combat was fun, but there was moments where it was just it got tedious, especially when it came to the boss fights. The boss fights weren't anything too creative. There wasn't like a fun dance or anything you did with the bosses. And as I mentioned before, if you get stuck on a boss fight, you're kind of just out of luck. You just basically gotta get better. But it's not like it's not easy to kind of go out and farm. So I was a little disappointed in that aspect of this game. The platforming is just, it's passable. So overall for me, I think I'm giving this game a 78. I think it's worth your time if you're looking for kind of a simple RPG. And like the platforming overall is pretty simple. Like don't expect anything too creative or clever with this game. It's a nice, interesting take with the combat, but it's not interesting enough that would like sell me the, sell me on this game. I was originally thinking... 78 but talking about it i'm going down to 75 it's not that much but i feel like we, we every time we talk about a game we lower your score yeah i really good well i really wasn't into the game but i thought that they put a lot into the game i have a lot of respect for the game and that's why i kind of give it higher than you know my fun value i guess i'm not really into platforming games that much i like them but i feel like i'm never wowed I, this game, I actually put the controller down quite a bit because I was just like, oh, this is stupid. Like, there were certain things where I'd, like, be set back a lot, and I was just like, you know what? I have other things I want to do. So, yeah, for me, that knocked off a lot of points. But looking at Metacritic, critics gave it an 82, users 5.5. There really aren't that many reviews, though, so eh, it will probably change a lot. But a critic that gave it a 50, which a lot of them gave very high scores, so this is really the, the big low one. It was interesting that they put 
A bit more time fine-tuning combat and traversal would have gone a hell of a long way in making Indivisible worthwhile. As it is, its sumptuous graphics and excellent writing are let down by maddening gameplay elements. And that's the most disappointing thing of all. For me, I hate the word sumptuous, by the way. <laughs> I didn't want to read that. I was like, why does it say sumptuous? <laughs> is that your like gross word, like moist for most people? I used to hate I just moist, made a bunch but I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over that. Like, it doesn't bother me anymore. But I was reading sumptuous. You, and I you hated moist before it was cool. Yeah, I didn't realize I hated sumptuous before I said it, and now I can't mm -hmm. stop saying it. And people are like, "Oh, stop, Liz!" <laughs> mm -hmm. I apologize. With that note, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we hope you're all staying safe out there. If you would like to write us an email, you can email us at gamepassgrabbag at gmail .com. We're also on Facebook at gamepassgrabbag, and we're also on Twitter at gpgppod. And since a lot of us have been quarantined here and staying home and playing video games. Uh, I'd like to know, what uh, what game have you been finding that you have been enjoying a lot on Game Pass? Uh, we'd like to hear from you guys. But I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. I am also a mixer with the same name, so come on by and say hi. Thanks, Andrew. You're welcome, Keith. I've been Keith. I hope you all have a great night, or day, or morning, or wherever you're listening to this. I hope it's great. Goodbye. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Little Fluffy. Um, that's L-I-F. Fluffy. Nope. Close. And I am Liz sure. Noob, Gamertag coming on Dean, and I'm on Twitter at Liz Noob Noob EZW. And also look forward to more streaming from Andrew. Just got a capture card, and uh, he's going to be streaming more. Yeah. I just got to figure setting it up. <laughs> well, this is me, like, saying, got to get on it, because now they're expecting it. Nobody's expecting it. You're Nobody editing. You're just going to be like, no, I'm going to edit this out. Take it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for uh, listening, and we hope to see you again next week. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. Oh,